The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. We have arrived at Friday and the beginning of a new month. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today is Friday, December 1st, 2023. Friday of the 34th week in Ordinary Time. In the Missal, it's liturgical year A, cycle one. Friday is a day to pray the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary. And our saint today is Saint Edmund Campion. Born in 1540, it was in 1566 that England's Queen Elizabeth I visited Oxford University. She was very impressed by a 26-year-old Protestant scholar chosen to greet her, Edmund Campion, but soon, the study of the Church Father's works would lead the young man to begin questioning his Protestant beliefs. Journeying to Douai, France in 1572, Edmund converted to the Catholic faith and began studying for the priesthood. A year later, he entered the Jesuits in Rome. In 1583, years after his ordination, Father Campion returned to England. He preached one to three times a day, mentally preparing his homilies while traveling on horseback. He won many converts. In July of 1581, Father Campion was captured by the Elizabethan authorities. He suffered torture on a rack before he was sentenced to death in November. On December 1, 1581, he was executed by drawing and quartering at Tyburn. St. Edmund Campion, pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. Into thy hands, O God, we commend ourselves this day and all those who are dear to us. Let the gift of thy wonderful presence be with us even to the end of the day. Grant that we never lose sight of thee all the day long, but rather praise and beseech thee that our thanks may come to thee again at its close. Amen. And we join Pope Francis in praying that people living with disabilities may be at the center of attention in society and that institutions may offer inclusive programs which value their active participation. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the Gospel of the Day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's Ten Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you hear me, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Last Friday in Ordinary Time, and during the whole week, we have been following chapter 21 of Saint Luke, referring to the end of times and the difficulties that will arise. And today, you, Jesus, continue to offer us advice on how to prepare ourselves for what is coming. Look at the fig tree and old trees. When they sprout leaves, you can tell that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that the kingdom of God is near. The whole chapter is a bit daunting. Persecutions, wars, earthquakes, famines, pestilences, fearful events and great signs from heaven. But along the chapter, we still find you, Jesus, saying things like, When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. Or, 
when they bring you to court, don't worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves. And they promise that not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm and you will win your life. And still, like another uplifting nugget, you Jesus said in verse 28, just before the quote of today's gospel. Now, when these things begin to take place, look up, raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. So you, Jesus, warn us that things will get hard. But you don't tell us these things, so that we can start getting anxious or start panicking. You tell us to look up and raise our heads, because it's actually good news. Our redemption is near at hand. You, Jesus, invite us to read the signs, to understand that those things coming on us are not just a punishment. They're not just to scare us to death. You don't give us these warnings so that your disciples can hide in a bunker and look miserable and spend their time waiting to see if this is all over soon. You finish the quote of today's Gospel saying, When you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Well, that's good news. There's a reason to be hopeful, to be optimistic. And that's why you ask us to look up and raise our heads. Our redemption is near. You may have seen jokes sometimes with preachers or evangelists going through the streets with banners shouting, The end is near. Repent or you will shall not escape the wrath that is coming, right? <laughs> well, for the children of God, there's nothing to fear. You, Jesus, have given us instructions on how to behave. The verbs that we find in imperative form in this chapter, like a command, are verse 8. Do not be deceived by those who claim to be him. Don't follow them. And following verse, do not be frightened. And verse 14, make up your mind not to worry beforehand. And verse 19, stand firm and you will win your life. And verse 28, when these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. You see, the end of the liturgical year is all about hope about trust, about optimism. Don't be afraid. Don't panic, trusting God. He knows what he is doing. And that's the foundation of Christian optimism. Optimism is, is very easy to be misunderstood. Today is so popular to invite people to think positive. Keep your mind on positive thoughts. We even have sarcastic sentences about you know, rainbows and unicorns in a magical and colorful world, expect that everything is going smoothly and nothing can go wrong. Well, that's not optimism. <laughs> that's fantasy. You, Jesus, are warning us that things will not go smoothly and that many things will go wrong. Catholic optimism is not devoid of reality, but immersed in it. We know we have miseries. We know there is suffering in the world. Saint Josemaria talked about this sugary optimism of those who think that whatever happens, God will do something that will make everything turn out all right. Well, basically, 
that sugary optimism invites us to just wait and God will do something. Oh, yeah, God will certainly do something. He's done something. <laughs> he has put you and me there. You see, this positive thinking, this optimism that uh, some people promote is just to consider that everything is good. Well, I'm sorry, but no, everything is not good. Let's not be naive. Chesterton refers to it as a passive optimism. Wait, and God will sort it out. And he defends his active optimism. We don't wait for things to turn out well. We help God to turn them over. That's also the view of St. Josemaria. Christian optimism sings its roots in an awareness of our freedom and in the sure knowledge of the power of grace. Us and God. Our freedom and God's power. The truth is that optimism doesn't always mean the same thing for everyone. People use the word but I don't think they, they do with the same meaning. <laughs> I react much like Inigo Montoya did with Vizini in The Prince's Bride. You keep using that word and I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> he didn't fall? Inconceivable! You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. You, Jesus... Don't ask your disciples to just stay still, hold on there, and wait until it's all over. We know things will turn out the way you plan, and we know that for this to happen, you count on us. Well, is it all about hope? Well, not only hope. You see, hope is not the same thing as optimism. Hope is not a conviction that something will turn out well but the certainty that regardless of how it turns out, it makes sense. God knows what he is doing. So we certainly have our hopes in you, Jesus, in the fact that you know what you are doing. But we can be optimistic when things are not going as we could expect, because we know that you, Jesus, have a plan, that you count on us, and we can actually change the course of history by following your instructions. So, for some, our optimism seems a fraud, just a fool's smile, a think-positive kind of thing. Logically, if the glass is half full, it is half empty at the same time. <laughs> we are realistic. You see, the glass is 50% of content in. <laughs> and to recognize that there are bad things in the world is not necessarily to forget that there are also many good things. Not just see the good with the bad. Optimism is seeing the whole picture. And here is the rub. It is impossible for us to see the whole picture. We don't have the whole picture. And this is why we rely on you, Jesus, the only one who sees the whole picture. You know exactly how many points are there in the glass and how many we need and, and how we will fill it up or empty it down according to your plan. And this is all I need to tell you, Jesus, today in my prayer. I want to help you to do it, to help you, Jesus, carry out your plan the best I can.
And as always, I finish my prayer today by turning to you, Mary, my mother immaculate. You knew how to help God to do his plan. Even when you couldn't understand his plan, you said yes. Now in a couple of days on Sunday, we start Advent again. And we will contemplate you, mother, following the plan of God, with the optimism of someone who trusts in God. Mary, may your children always take after you. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask you for help to put them into effect. My Mother Immaculate Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. There's plenty more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. This liturgical day begins in just a few minutes on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Friday of the 34th week in Ordinary Time, December 1st, 2023. I'm Paul Sadek, and this is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We begin our day of prayer joining with the whole church, led by our friends at DivineOffice.org, in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips, and and my my mouth mouth will proclaim proclaim your praise. praise. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Come, let us sing to the Lord, and shout with joy to the rock who saves us. Let us approach him with praise and thanksgiving and sing joyful songs to the Lord. Come, let us praise the Lord in whom is all our delight. The Lord is God, the mighty God, the great King over all the gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the highest mountains as well. He made the sea, it belongs to him, the dry land too, for it was formed by his hands. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Come then, let us bow down and worship, Bending the knee before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God and we are his people. The flock he shepherds. Come let us praise the Lord. In whom is all our delight. Today listen to the voice of the Lord. Do not grow stubborn as your fathers did in the wilderness. When at Meribah and Massah they challenged me and provoked me, although they had seen all of my works. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. 
Forty years I endured that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my anger, they shall not enter into my rest. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Come, let us praise the Lord, in whom is all our delight. Lord, in your anger, do not punish me. Lord, Lord, in in your your anger, anger, do do not punish me. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger. Do not punish me, Lord, in your rage. Your arrows have sunk deep in me. Your hand has come down upon me. Through your anger, all my body is sick. Through my sin, there is no health in my limbs. My guilt towers higher than my head. It is a weight too heavy to bear. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is is now, now, and and will will be be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, Lord, in in your your anger, do do not punish me. Lord, you know all my longings. Lord, you know all my longings. My wounds are foul and festering. The result of my own folly, I am bowed and brought to my knees. I go mourning all the day long. All my frame burns with fever. All my body is sick, spent, and utterly crushed. I cry aloud in anguish of heart. O Lord, you know all my longing. My groans are not hidden from you. My heart throbs. My strength is spent. The very light has gone from my eyes. My friends avoid me like a leper. Those closest to me stand afar off. Those who plot against my life lay snares. Those who seek my ruin speak of harm, planning treachery all the day long. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, you know all my longings. I confess my guilt to you, Lord. Do not abandon me, for you are my Savior. I confess confess my guilt to you, Lord. Do not abandon me, for you are my Savior. But I am like the deaf who cannot hear, like the dumb unable to speak. I am like a man who hears nothing, in whose mouth is no defense. I count on you, O Lord. It is you, Lord God, who will answer. I pray, do not let them mock me, those who triumph, if my foot should slip. For I am on the point of falling, and my pain is always before me.
I confess that I am guilty, and my sin fills me with dismay. My wanton enemies are numberless, and my lying foes are many. They repay me evil for good, and attack me for seeking what is right. O Lord, do not forsake me. My God, do not stay afar off. Make haste and come to my help. O Lord, my God, my Savior. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As, As it was, was in the, the beginning, beginning, is now, is now and, and will, will be, be forever. forever. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Do not abandon us, Lord our God. You did not forget the broken body of your Christ, nor the mockery his love received. We, your children, are weighed down with sin. Give us the fullness of your mercy. I, I confess, confess my, my guilt to you, Lord. Lord. Do not abandon, abandon me, for, for you are my Savior. My eyes keep watch for your saving help, awaiting the word that will justify me. From the second letter of the Apostle Peter, I am writing this second letter, dear friends, intending them both as reminders urging you to sincerity of outlook. Recall the teaching delivered long ago by the holy prophets, as well as the new command of the Lord and Savior preached to you by the apostles. Note this, first of all. In the last days, mocking, sneering men who are ruled by their passions will arrive on the scene. They will ask, Where is that promised coming of his? Our forefathers have been laid to rest, but everything stays just as it was when the world was created. In believing this, they do not take into account that of the old there were heavens and an earth drawn out of the waters and standing between the waters, all brought into being by the word of God. By the water that world was then destroyed. It was overwhelmed by the deluge. The present heavens and earth are reserved by God's word for fire. They are kept for the day of judgment, the day when godless men will be destroyed. This point must not be overlooked, dear friends. In the Lord's eyes, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as, are as a day. The Lord does not delay in keeping his promise, though some consider it delay. Rather, he shows you generous patience, since he wants none to perish, but all to come to repentance. The day of the Lord will come like a thief, and on that day the heavens will vanish with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and earth and all its deeds will be made manifest. Since everything is to be destroyed in this way, what sort of men must you not be? How holy in your conduct and devotion, looking for the coming of the day of God and trying to hasten it. Because of it, the heavens will be destroyed in flames and the elements will make, melt away in a blaze. What we await are new heavens and a new earth where, according to his promise, the justice of God will reside. So, beloved, while waiting for this, make every effort to be found without stain or defilement and at peace in his sight. Consider that 
our Lord's patient is directed toward salvation. Paul, our beloved brother, wrote you this in the spirit of wisdom that is his, dealing with these matters as he does in all his letters. There are certain passages in them hard to understand. The ignorant and the unstable distort them just as they do the rest of Scripture to their own ruin. You are forewarned, beloved brothers. Be on your guard lest you be led astray by the error of the wicked and forfeit the security you enjoy. Grow, rather, in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Glory be to Him now and to the day of eternity. Amen. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I will create new heavens and a new earth, and you will rejoice forever in my creation. See, See, I will will make make all things things new. I will create Jerusalem to be a joy, and her people a delight. See, I will will make make all things new. A reading from a sermon on man's mortality by St. Cyprian, Bishop. Our obligation is to do God's will, and not our own. We must remember this if the prayer that our Lord commanded us to say daily is to have any meaning on our lips. How unreasonable it is to pray that God's will be done, and then not promptly obey it when He calls us from this world. Instead, we struggle and resist like self-willed slaves, and are brought into the Lord's presence with sorrow and lamentation, not freely consenting to our departure, but constrained by necessity. And yet we expect to be rewarded with heavenly honors by Him, to whom we come against our will. Why then do we pray for the kingdom of heaven to come, if this earthly bondage pleases us? What is the point of praying so often for its early arrival, if we would rather serve the devil here than reign with Christ? The world hates Christians, so why give your love to it instead of following Christ, who loves you and has redeemed you? John is most urgent in his epistle when he tells us not to love the world by yielding to sensual desires. Never give your love to the world, he warns, or to anything in it. A man cannot love the Father and love the world at the same time. All that the world offers is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and earthly ambition. The world and all its allurements will pass away but the man who has done the will of God shall live forever. Our part, my dear brothers, is to be single-minded, firm in the faith, and steadfast in courage, ready for God's will, whatever it may be. Banish the fear of death and think of the eternal life that follows it. That will show people that we really live our faith. We ought never to forget, beloved, that we have renounced the world, We are living here now as aliens and only for a time. When the day of our homecoming puts an end to our exile, frees us from the bonds of the world, and restores us to paradise and to a kingdom, we should welcome it. What man stationed in a foreign land would not want to return to his own country as soon as possible? Well, we who look upon paradise as our country, and a great crowd of our loved ones awaits us there, A countless throng of parents, brothers, and children longs for us to join them. Assured though they are of their own salvation, they are still concerned about ours. 
What joy both for them and for us to see one another and embrace. Oh, the delight of that heavenly kingdom, where there is no fear of death. Oh, the supreme and endless bliss of everlasting life. There is the glorious band of apostles. There, the exultant assembly of prophets. There, the innumerable host of martyrs, crowned for their glorious victory in combat and in death. There, in triumph, are the virgins who subdued their passions by the strength of continence. There, the merciful are rewarded, those who fulfill the demands of justice by providing for the poor. In obedience to the Lord's command, they turn their earthly patrimony into heavenly treasure. My dear brothers, let all our longing be to join them as soon as we may. May God see our desire. May Christ see this resolve that springs from faith. For He will give the rewards of His love more abundantly to those who have longed for Him more fervently. We are citizens of heaven. From there, we eagerly await the coming of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will, he will renew, renew our, our lowly, lowly bodies and, and make them like His glorified body. When Christ your life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. He will renew our lowly bodies and make them like his glorified body. Let us pray. Stir up the will of your faithful, we pray, O Lord, that striving more eagerly to bring your divine work to fruitful completion, they may receive in greater measure the healing remedies your kindness bestows. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. Jesus follows up on the signs he has told his disciples to watch for in today's Gospel in just a few minutes on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app for Friday, December 1st, 2023. I'm Paul Sadek. In today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, the Lord tells a parable about a fig tree and then says something very interesting. My words will not pass away. It's from the 21st chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away till all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group, daily and Sunday Mass readings are on the relevant radio app. It's absolutely true. Jesus' words are for all of us for all time. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 5, Ordinary Time. As we come to the conclusion of the liturgical year, we consider these words of the Master in today's Gospel. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. 
What Jesus has said will literally last forever. God has directed these words to every man and every woman who will walk the face of the earth. In many and various ways, God spoke of old to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. Just as he spoke to our forefathers in the faith, Jesus Christ speaks to us in our day. Because his message is divine, it cannot be limited by human constraints of time and place. Sacred Scripture acquires the fullness of its meaning in the figure and preaching of Christ. St. Augustine has stated this idea in a most graphic manner. The law was pregnant with Christ. On another occasion, this holy doctor of the church affirmed, to read the books of the prophets without seeing the coming of Christ is a most insipid practice. Seek, therefore, to find Christ in these words, and they will prove not only delightful, but stimulating. Christ will enlighten our minds about the riches within sacred scripture. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. The Jews who refused to believe in the gospel were left with a chest full of treasure, but without the key to unlock it. St. Paul explained this situation to the first Christians at Corinth in this way, but their minds were hardened. For to this day, when they read the Old Covenant, that same veil remains unlifted, because only through Christ is it taken away. The economy of the Old Testament was deliberately so orientated that it should prepare for and declare in prophecy the coming of Christ, Redeemer of all men and of the Messianic Kingdom. God, the inspirer and author of the books of both Testaments, in his wisdom has so brought it about that the new should be hidden in the old and that the old should be made manifest in the new. In this context, it is quite moving for us to read the dialogue between Philip the Apostle and the Ethiopian official from the court of Queen Candace. The Ethiopian was sitting in his chariot reading the prophet Isaiah. Philip ran up to the man and asked him, Do you understand what you are reading? The Ethiopian replied, How can I unless someone guides me? Philip took a seat in the chariot, and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news of Jesus. He explained the writings of Isaiah by means of the message of Jesus. His catechesis was wonderfully straightforward. Jesus was the key concept. St. John Chrysostom has commented on this passage from the Acts of the Apostles. Let us meditate on the importance of our reading the scriptures with devotion, even during our travels. Some people excuse themselves from this practice because they are busy with their family affairs, or because they have military drills, or because they have some worry or other. They think that such matters preclude any serious effort to read and meditate upon sacred scripture. This Ethiopian official is an example for all of us. Those who have a quiet life, those who belong to the army, those who are officials, those who have chosen a monastic life, those who care for their families at home. Let everyone learn that no circumstance should be an impediment for our divine reading. We can do this at home, or in the town square, or the public park, or on a trip in the company of others, or right in the middle of our work. I beseech you, do not be careless with your reading of the scriptures. From her earliest days, the Church has recommended that the faithful read and meditate on sacred scripture, especially the books of the New Testament. We will find Christ coming out to meet us. Through these few minutes each day, we will become best friends with Jesus. Truly, love depends on prior knowledge.
In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. We continue praying now. We join the whole church. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Contrite heart, O God, you will not spurn. A humble, contrite heart, O God, you will not spurn. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness. In your compassion, blot out my offense. O wash me more and more from my guilt, and cleanse me from my sin. My offenses, truly, I know them. My sin is always before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned. What is evil in your sight, I have done. That you may be justified when you give sentence and be without reproach when you judge. O see, in guilt I was born. A sinner was I conceived. Indeed, you love truth in the heart. Then in the secret of my heart teach me wisdom. O oh, purify me, then I shall be clean. O oh, wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear rejoicing and gladness, that the bones you have crushed may revive. From my sins turn away your face and blot out all my guilt. A pure heart create for me, O oh God. Put a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, nor deprive me of your Holy Spirit. Give me again the joy of your help. With a spirit of fervor sustain me, that I may teach transgressors your ways, and sinners may return to you. O rescue me, God, my helper, and my tongue shall ring out your goodness. O Lord, open my lips, 
and my mouth shall declare your praise. For in sacrifice you take no delight. Burnt offering from me you would refuse. My sacrifice, a contrite spirit, a humbled, contrite heart, you will not spurn. In your goodness show favor to Zion, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with lawful sacrifice, holocaust offered on your altar. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it, as it was, was in, in the beginning, beginning is, is now, now and, and will, will be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. Father, he who knew no sin was made sin for us to save us and restore us to your friendship. Look upon our contrite heart and afflicted spirit and heal our troubled conscience so that in joy and strength of the Holy Spirit we may proclaim your praise and glory before all the nations. A, A humble, contrite heart, O God, you, you will, will not spurn. Even in your anger, Lord, you will remember compassion. Even in your anger, Lord, you will remember compassion. O Lord, I have heard your renown and feared, O Lord, your work. In the course of the years, revive it. In the course of the years, make it known. In your wrath, remember compassion. God comes from Taman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. Covered are the heavens with his glory, and with his praise the earth is filled. His splendor spreads like the light. Rays shine forth from beside him, where his power is concealed. You come forth to save your people, to save your anointed one. You tread the sea with your steeds amid the churning of the deep waters. I hear, and my body trembles. At the sound, my lips quiver. Decay invades my bones. My legs tremble beneath me. I await the day of distress that will come upon the people who attack us. For though the fig tree blossom not, nor fruit be on the vines... Though the yield of the olive fail and the terraces produce no nourishment, though the flocks disappear from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet will I rejoice in the Lord and exalt in my saving God. God, my Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet swift as those of hinds and enables me to go upon the heights. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, and, and will, will be forever. forever. Amen. Even in your anger, Lord, you will remember compassion. O praise the Lord, Jerusalem! O praise the Lord, Jerusalem! O praise the Lord, Jerusalem! Zion, praise your God! He has strengthened the bars of your gates. He has blessed the children within you. He established peace on your borders. He feeds you with the finest wheat. 
He sends out his word to the earth and swiftly runs his command. He showers down snow, white as wool. He scatters hoarfrost by gashes. He hurls down hailstones like crumbs. The waters are frozen at his touch. He sends forth his word and it melts them. At the breath of his mouth the waters flow. He makes his word known to Jacob, to Israel his laws and decrees. He has not dealt thus with other nations. He has not taught them his decrees. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, now, and and will be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, you established peace within the borders of Jerusalem. Give the fullness of peace now to your faithful people. May peace rule us in this life and possess us in eternal life. You are about to fill us with the best of wheat. Grant that what we see dimly now as in a mirror, we may come to perceive clearly in the brightness of your truth. Oh, Oh, praise praise the the Lord, Lord, Jerusalem. Jerusalem. A reading from the letter to the Ephesians. Now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near through the blood of Christ. It is he who is our peace and who made the two of us one by breaking down the barrier of hostility that kept us apart. In his own flesh he abolished the law with its commands and precepts to create in himself one new man from us who had been two and to make peace, reconciling both of us to God in one body through his cross, which put that enmity to death. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. The Lord the Most High has done good things for me. In need I shall cry out to him. The Lord the the Most High has has done good things things for me. In In need I I shall cry out to him. May he send his strength to rescue me. In need I shall cry out to him. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. The Lord the Most High has done good things for me. In need I shall cry out to him. Through the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. 
In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen. Through the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Let us pray. Let us adore Christ, who offered himself to the Father through the Holy Spirit, to cleanse us from the works of death. Let us adore him and call upon him with sincere hearts. In your will is our peace, Lord. In In your your will will is our our peace, Lord. Lord. From your generosity we have received the beginning of this day. Grant us also the beginning of new life. In In your your will is is our our peace, peace, Lord. You created all things, and now you provide for their growth. May we always perceive your handiwork in creation. In your will is our peace, Lord. With your own blood, you ratified the new and eternal covenant. May we remain faithful to that covenant by following your precepts. In your will is our peace, Lord. On the cross, blood and water flowed from your side. May this saving stream wash away our sins and gladden the city of God. In your will is our peace, Lord. Let us make our prayers and praise complete by offering the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All-powerful Father, as now we bring you our songs of praise, so may we sing your goodness in the company of your saints forever. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Hey, Advent begins this Sunday and will help you get into the Spirit with Advent carols of comfort and joy. Sign up for free at relevantradio.com slash carols. That's relevantradio.com slash carols. Morning air is coming right up. I'm Paul Sadek. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central, or on the Relevant Radio app. Go out, make it a great day, and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio. Relevant Radio.